coming up on the Biz Women Rock podcast. Um, I think there's this aspect of, you know, we need to be some type of perfection and we're all messed up. We all have our shit. We are so messy. And (laughs) and (laughs) it's so frustrating that um, we're all the same. And the difference between, you know, the people that we look up to is they've just taken action and, you know, they've looked at the fear and pushed it aside. Um, we're all capable. We just have to, you know, if you have the desire, you're capable of execution. Welcome to Biz Women Rock. I am your host, Katie Kremitzos, and this is the home for really great stories about business women uh, who rock. Uh, such is the title of this whole podcast in this community. <laughs> I love highlighting business women. I love putting the spotlight on women who have done incredible things. And this is the place where you get to hear the intimate stories about what has really happened behind the scenes in order to create really amazing businesses. So how's your 2016 coming along so far, huh? It is, we're officially in the, I think this is the 11th day of January. And um, yeah, you know, it's so funny because at the beginning of every year, I don't know if you are a resolution person. I'm not really, but I always love using that time to kind of reflect back on, you know, what happened in the year before, lessons I learned, things that I didn't do that I really wanted to do or things that I did that were not so good and things I did that were great. And then it always allows me to really put a lot of focus on what I want for 2016, what I want for the following year. And if you're anything like me, and I'm sure you are because you are listening to this program, always wanting more information about how you can improve your business, um, I think big. And I'm always having big, big thoughts, big, big things going on in my head. Um, which is good and bad. I mean, it's great because, you know, dream big because awesome. Why not? And uh, but the negative part is that. <laughs> so we've been trying to line up, uh, you know, daycare or nanny care or something like that to help out with Sedona, uh, who's three months old uh, this week. And um, and I feel like I can't do I can't move on any of these goals until I have regulated care for her set up by moms out there. I know you can identify with this, but it, otherwise, it's I've been so blessed with having friends kind of help here and there. And literally, I've had ever since, I think, end of November, I've literally had at least one friend a week, if not two or three friends a week, come over and watch her for a few hours so I could get some work done. But, you know, that's not a long-term plan. So we've been trying to, you know, interview nannies, interview daycares, all this sort of stuff. And so setting up these goals has been awesome, but I feel... As my good friend Liz Covart of ben- Benjamin Franklin's World podcast has told me before, I feel like I'm this racehorse, like at the starting line, and like my hoof is, you know, hitting the ground, but I can't go anywhere. <laughs> it's kind of what I feel right now. Um, but I hope that you're, you are doing well. I hope that your goals are getting off the ground and you're taking some action towards them. I've taken like little mini baby steps of action. And the good news is, is that we do, we did officially get daycare set up uh, as of this week, which is awesome. Uh, So now I can have like reliable time every single week that I know. Uh, It's not just like, okay, yeah, she's supposed to take her two hour nap now, but 30 minutes into it, she wakes up. So that's pretty much what I've been doing from here uh, until now. So um, anyway, 
But that's what my 2016 has been like thus far. I hope yours is kicking butt and going well. Um, if you feel like you really need help in 2016, if you feel like you really need some guidance, you need some focus, one thing that I cannot recommend enough is to be able to get a coach. Get somebody on your team who can help you focus. Um, and listen, there are coaches out there who you know, go do like three or six month programs with you on a once a week basis, or there are coaches who come in and look at your business for like, you know, a couple of hours during a power day, and then that's it and you keep going. So there's a lot of different types of uh, coaching structures out there. But one of the best things that you could do to really make some movement in your business is to get somebody from the outside to look in on your business who is skilled at doing that and can help you really make some major movement in your business. If you're looking for a recommendation, because I have one, her name is Natalie Ekdahl. She's one of the most fantastic, I don't think that was English or grammatically correct, but you know, go with me here. Natalie Ekdahl, she is the best coach I've ever come across. She is the founder of the Biz Chicks podcast, which is a very similar podcast. And you would think that we would be competitors, but we're actually very good friends and support each other a lot. Natalie um, has been a coach for a long time. She knows business in and out. She has a fantastic coaching program that's open now. So all you have to do is go over to bizchicks.com forward slash work with me. That's B-I-Z-C-H-I-X dot com forward slash work with me and go check out Natalie's programs um, or just, you know, contact me and I'll connect you with her. She, I've seen her do amazing things with her students and her students accomplishing a lot just simply because they had her as a skilled coach come in and help them focus, help them achieve what they want to achieve. And if that's where you are right now, where, where you've sort of been humming along for a while, but you really have big sights set for 2016 like I do, then you need some help. Uh, and I highly encourage you to invest in help. So go visit bizchicks.com forward slash work with me. All right. Now, before we get into today's show, the last thing that I'm going to make sure that you know about is to uh, go join our private Facebook group. If you are not yet a member of our private Facebook group, which is called, guess what? Biz Women Rock. Um, It has over 2,800 fellow businesswomen in there from all over the world. It is a very powerful forum. This is not just a promo area, okay? This is really an entire community of women coming together. The forum is used to ask questions, to get advice on things, to, you know, brainstorm ideas out. It is a collaborative area, safe space for you to be able to share business ideas and thoughts and get that support from other ladies all around the globe. So go be a part of it. All you have to do is opt in. Go to bizwomenrock.com. Heather Chauvin is my guest today, and um, I'm so excited for you to listen to her story because it is a very touching really eye-opening one. She is a coach and um, she really helps parents, moms specifically, help to deal with um, uh, a troubling relationship that they're having with a child. That's probably the best way that I can explain it. She has a very interesting story about how she got to that place and got so clear about who she serves. Um, And what she does is she really helps moms in a very holistic way uh, come to terms with who they are as mothers, how to 
how to really deal and react to their child that they're having some challenges with, and how to really live into the kind of parent that they really want to be. Now, what is so fascinating about Heather that we really get into in this conversation is, number one, how her life and her business completely shifted when she found out that she had stage four cancer a few years ago. And we talk specifically about what she did to kind of restructure her business after that fact. And she talks very in-depth about how she structures her group coaching programs uh, that she calls Mastermind. So if you want to run a group group coaching program um, or are currently running a mastermind, she has a lot of really great tips on how to structure that successfully. And I think the part that really hit the hardest and the most powerfully for me is really at the very end when she talks about how she continues to be so ambitious and forward thinking and moving in her business without that anxiety that is generally there for a lot of us, okay, I'll speak for myself, uh, that you just feel like, ah, I got to get this done, got to get this done, got to get this done. And she does not have that at all. And you're going to hear it in her voice. She's so peaceful. So I ask her how she really, uh, like what real practical things that she does to make sure she's moving forward, but she's not feeling that anxiety. It's a very, very good answer. So let's get going with Heather. Heather, welcome to Biz Women Rock. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I love it. Thank you for having me, Katie. <laughs> Not everyone gets a little, you know, serenaded in the very beginning. So, hey, congratulations to you. <laughs> I love it. I love being serenaded. <laughs> hey, um, I am so, so ecstatic that you're here today. Um, I'm really excited to be able to share your story. You know, one of the things that I really pride um, this podcast on and something that you and I were just speaking about is the fact that this really is a platform for personal stories for business women. So it's not just about, you know, just Uber success story of, yes, I've built this great business, but it's really about who you are, what journey you've had, so that all of us who are listening can really learn something. So um, so I'd like to really start out, uh, because you have built a super cool business and a very authentic business, I see. I'd like to start out why you even got into having your own business. Like what what was happening in your life around 2010 that precipitated you actually launching your business? The first word that comes to my mind is pain and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know if that's typical or not, but we'll take it. <laughs> to laugh, to laugh. Pain and suffering. When I started my, I mean, I work with women who are typically struggling with their children's behavior. And it's really just about helping them um, like see who they are, but also understand their children so that they can create a life that they love. So um, Katie, I know you're pregnant, right? Mm-hmm, I am. Yes, this is your first, right? This is my very first, and I, in this moment, although by the time this does air, I will have had had my little girl already. But in this exact moment, I'm like seven months, and I'm a little, I'm a little terrified to be honest with you. So I was really excited to talk to you today. <laughs> well, this is it's funny because parenthood is just transformational. I mean, the fear itself is. Um, it's not reality because whatever happens, it's one of the, I call it personal growth on steroids. And that was my, that was my story. I mean, I started my business. I was um, a social worker working for the government, doing what I absolutely love, but I could see, you know, every day I could feel that like my soul was slowly leaving my body. 
Mm. And I have three boys. And when my oldest um, was born, I just looked at him and it was like this huge aha moment of like, I need to show up. I need to show up in my life. And I was just severely, severely depressed with no direction, no sense of identity. And as I kept having children, I was like, gosh, this is getting worse. And I'm one of those people that was like, you know what? I can't see myself in this soul-sucking job for the next 30 years. I could predict my future of, um, you know, me seeing myself just miserable, angry, divorced. Like, it was awful. It was awful, awful, awful. And at at that time, I had such a yearning. I wanted to be in a... a leadership role to be um, to be of service to these families that I was working with, and the capacity of the position that I was in wasn't allowing me. So I started just building it myself, and I would do little. I started teaching meditation to children. Oh wow! That's how. Yeah, because my son needed some um, resources to deal with his anger, and <laughs> he didn't need resources. I needed resources. <laughs> <laughs> you needed it to help you deal with his anger. Exactly. It, it was r- extremely frustrating. I mean, anybody who, um, especially if you're, you know, you're ambitious and your home life is so, so important. Um, it was a really dark time. And I just knew that um, I can't go on like this. And I needed to could, to kind of trek through. And I felt like such a weirdo trying to start my own business when, you know, I was in a position that was, quote unquote, very successful. Now, I got to ask you because you mentioned, you know, I just kind of felt like it, you said when you had your first son, you just felt like you got to show up, you know, and, and as you had more kids that sort of deepened that longing to really show up in your life. It, it, are you really just what I'm hearing is that you're really describing the sense of like, I have no idea who I am or what I'm really here to do. Like, was that kind of the core of what was going on with you? And you were kind of trying, like trying to do these meditation classes for kids in order to kind of see if. Yes, it was something you needed at the time, but let's see if that really gels with me. Yes. I mean, when I started the mindfulness practice, I I did it with my son first and really seen results. And then as I continued, um, actually, what I was asking myself is, can I actually make money doing this? Can I actually Mm. um, build a business teaching mindfulness to children and parents? Um, But I, I... before I never had a sense of purpose. I was like, why am I even on this earth? Like it was, it was awful. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And it, it scared the crap out of me because I had children now and I was looking at them going like, if I don't know what my purpose is, or even having a sense of purpose where I can wake up in the morning and feel like alive and energized, um, how am I going to be able to teach you this? So Starting somewhere, and I tell this to people all the time, just start somewhere, but starting somewhere and listening to my intuition and saying, go here, go there, try this, try that, that was like my saving grace. But I only took action because I was terrified of, you know, the uh, the dark rabbit hole that I was going down. Right, right. Yeah. So as you started um, teaching mindfulness, like where did that go? As you started asking your, your yourself the questions, hey, can I actually make money doing this sort of stuff? What were some of those following steps that ended up happening in this evolution? Yeah. So at this point, I was still um, I was still working, and so I was doing it, you know, on the side. And I remember I I would start classes with children, and then. Um, 
I was noticing like a pattern that parents were just dropping their children off. They weren't engaged. Um, the kids were coming and, you know, having so much fun and then leaving. And then the parents would pick them up and say, okay, great. Did you solve this problem? Did you fix this? Did you do that? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a disconnect here. The parents actually like believe their children need to be fixed. Mm. And that was a big shift for me. So then I started teaching the parents and realizing that not all parents wanted to learn this stuff. Right. Um, and so that's where I started shifting into uh, working with, well, it's mainly women, but um, men as well, working with the parent and showing them, like teaching them how to be their coach for their child, because that is the biggest, the greatest gift that you can ever give a child. And now it's just slowly evolve and grown over the years. Um, but it was really just observing and seeing like, hmm, interesting. Okay. There's a little, a little niche here that isn't being met. Um, and I can't support the child fully. Like that's just enabling, right? Like I'm like, this family can be cohesive um, if the parents actually know what I'm doing in these classes. Right. Um, but it's only the parents that actually want to know that would make the difference. So like what percentage of parents were you a- were like open to working with you, let's say? Uh, you know, like because you're saying it definitely is specialized information. It's definitely information that you have to have a certain open mind in order to really hear and really absorb and really practice. So you know, just give me, give us an idea of like, like what percentage of your parents would actually be interested? I'd say about 25%. Wow. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Me, if people are very surprised to tell them that I'm a very angry person, (laughs) I can, I can snap just like that. One of the biggest things when people come to me and they're like, okay, I don't understand my child's, we're constantly yelling, we're headbutting. Um, my child has struggled with severe anxiety or anger, whatever it may be. I said, okay, let's start the work. And the thing is, we see where our children trigger us. And my boys are my greatest life teachers. And <laughs> that's such um, a nice way of saying that they're little They are. Every, <laughs> I always say that all, all behavior is a language. Yeah. And Um, If, you know, they're triggering me, why am I so triggered, right? And so it just calling me to show up more and more and more as a leader, which is helping me greatly in my business. It's a very cheap business uh, coach. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, pretty expensive, but, um, you know, built-in business coaches. But it teaches you leadership. And that's what I was noticing with these parents. I said, okay, you know, what is it within you? So we were doing the personal development within the parent and teaching them with the child as well. And they were healing parts of their of their childhood. And not everybody wanted to do that work. So I had to really get my head around that even though I wanted to be of service and um, give these amazing tools to every single child out there, that uh, not everybody's going to be open to it. Mm. So you mentioned to me before we got on air that um, you this you sort of had started all this stuff in 2010, but you really didn't take your business seriously until 2013. So my guess is that everything that you're talking about was sort of happening and unfolding. So what happened in 2013 that really made you focus in and say, okay, this is a business. This is how I'm structuring it. This is what it looks like. <laughs> okay. Yes. And I laugh because I just think the universe is absolutely hilarious. Because for a really, really long time, like I mentioned, before I became a parent, it was just like, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And as I'm trucking along and, you know, taking the intuitive hits of take this training, do this, try this. I was a dabbler, right? I wasn't 
solely committed to it, to growing it. I just thought it wasn't in my DNA. And then I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer, a stage four Burkitt's lymphoma. And at that point, my abdomen was swollen. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe I have food allergies or something. And I was telling myself, oh, I don't want to be one of those people where I have to eat, you know, be really strict on what I eat. I love pizza. I love whatever. So <laughs> that was I just your number one concern. <laughs> that was my concern. That was my concern. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And so I just avoided it for a little while until it got to the point where I couldn't anymore. When I was walking down the street, people were like, oh, when are you due? And I'm like, oh, no. I am not pregnant. This <laughs> oh, is no. awful. I went, so I went to emerge with my husband and they're like, oh, you should be in triage upstairs. And I'm like, I'm not pregnant. They're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm here. (laughs) Like, so that night in emerge, they did a CT and some blood work and came back and said, Heather, you have cancer. And the weird thing is, Katie, I, I cried and then I laughed and then I said, this is going to change a lot of things for people. And I was thinking about like my parents, like silly stuff, right? Like our stuff that comes up. And I knew for myself, I was like, apparently I used to tell my husband, wouldn't it be weird if I got sick or something? Like it was, it was like an internal knowing. Hmm. So I went through treatment. I was very resistant to Western medicine because when you have a Eastern values. I was like, oh no, I can, you know, drink green smoothies and my cancer will be gone. Right. Right, right. Not realizing when you jump into this world, every body is different. And, you know, I kept hearing you have time, Heather, you have time. Well, my cancer was a rapid growing cancer and it was like, like every day growing severely, um, aggressively. And so, Um, I didn't have time and I'm not a doctor, so I just had to trust and surrender. So I did uh, four ridiculous, aggressive rounds of chemo, lost my hair, um, was in the hospital for an hour, an hour, a week to two weeks at a time lost everything. I felt like I was stripped, like almost like a soul transplant. Like I felt like I was stripped of everything, um, yeah, crazy, crazy things happen. I didn't see my kids. I didn't even have enough energy to pick up the phone. I would open my eyes and it would be noon and I'd say, okay, at three, I'm going to call them. And then I'd close my eyes and it would be 10 o'clock at night. Wow. And uh, so it was really, really difficult. And I walked out of there. Um, I mean, you learn a lot about yourself in those moments. You learn a lot about the people around you. Um, But I walked out and I thought, how do I want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? So I was still coaching people during my chemo, by the way. Good God, um, and all of the clients that I had at that point, we made agreements. They're like, Heather, you could you could stop. Um, and I was like, I'll give you your money back. You can go on your way. The transformations that they had while I was going through treatment were absolutely amazing. They're like, what am I complaining about over here mm-hmm. when you're on like your deathbed? And it was really interesting because I remember um, doing a few a few calls while I was literally sitting there getting the um, chemo. Wow. And it wasn't because I was a workaholic. It was because it was feeding me and I was able to be present. Right. I told them, if I can't do this, I'm still alive. I'm still human. I'm still here. If I can't be 100% present with you, I won't do it. And I remember getting off those calls and just feeling absolutely alive and energized. It was like it was like my soul was full. And 
they were on fire and I was like, okay, I got this. So after that, in my business, I was just like, Heather, what are you going to do? You know, like, are you going to wait until like death comes knocking again until you actually step into what you what you want to do in this lifetime, right? So letting go of what people think or I should, all the shoulds. Right. Um, and I'm like, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want your boys to remember you? Because this invincible game that we play until we think, oh, I have lots of time, right? Like the aches and pains won't start until I'm XYZ age. Right. I'm not even, I'm only 29. Wow. And, uh, and I'm like, well, if this is happening before I'm 30, I have a lot of life to live. I don't, I'm not going anywhere. Um, but I got to start now. I got to start living now. And um, cancer has been the greatest gift that, and I, you know, since then I've met a lot of people who are on um, different paths and journeys um, than me and some are continuing and some have not. Um, and it's a journey just like anything else. But I'm extremely grateful for that opportunity and it's brought me a lot and has also brought me a different um on a different level in my business as well, especially when I'm working with my clients who are, you know, complaining and in fear. And I'm like, girl, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want your children to remember you? We got to get you out of this and into action because right. it's so isolating being in that place. What do you think was one of the biggest lessons you learned about yourself during that whole process? Uh, that I'm worthy and capable. Um, I think there's this aspect of you know we need to be some type of perfection and we're all messed up we all have our shit we are so messy and, and yep. <laughs> like it's so frustrating that um we're all the same and the difference between you know the people that we look up to is they've just taken action and you know they've looked at the fear and pushed it aside um we're all capable we just have to you know if you have the desire you're capable of execution yeah i agree with that totally so I want to talk about like the real practicalities of how you approached your business and how you went back to your business and kind of restructured it and retooled it once, you know, you were, I know you never stopped, but once you sort of like, you know, were back in health, you were feeling good and you were ready to kind of put the fire towards your business, what were the, a couple of the major maybe structural changes or, you know, daily habitual change, changes that you made in your business? Yeah, so this is a great question because I've heard all of this <laughs> before I had cancer mm -hmm. and I didn't think I was worthy of that. So before it would be like less is more. Um, you know, you pay more money, you're, you charge more what you're worth, all that stuff, right? And um, I had to make my business sustainable and meaning by that were, you know, I'm working – Typically, I'm working part-time hours. I'm away from my children with part-time hours. If I'm doing something else um, outside of like where my children can't be away, it's fun for me. So it was really getting super crystal clear on how I wanted to feel in my business. And I wanted my business to be super fun. I did not want to be burnt out. I did not want to be overwhelmed. So I structured it that way. I um, I started a group program. It's called uh, Mom is in Control. And I'm relaunching it again. Um, it, it took me a while to start a group coaching program because um, I see a lot of them. And I really wanted it to be um, – I, I, 
I love connecting with people, right? And I know that we work through some stuff and I didn't want them to just pay and run and hide. Got it. So I had I had to find what was really, really authentic to me. So just restructuring my business so that I can serve more people, um, but also charge a great amount so that, you know, on my days off, I could be like, I'm going to do whatever I want today, right? right Not right. trying to find the pennies in the, in the uh, couch cushions and understand that um, that's okay to charge what you're worth. And I see so many women um, in that place where it's like, oh, no, I can't, or they don't see the value in what they're actually giving to people. Right. Um, so restructuring my business and and putting really strict boundaries in how I show up every day and the time how I spend my time in my business. Where before it was more of like survival mode, like, oh, there's an opportunity, shiny object syndrome. Mm, gotcha. So I want to talk about because you do group coaching and because you do have masterminds, I want to talk about how you have structured those kind of from two sides of the same coin. So one side is how have you structured those so they're constantly fun and exciting and invigorating for you and not super stressful? And then the other side is how have you structured it to make it... um unique and that there is a unique value proposition and it is something that people will pay premium for like how how do you and I want you to answer this knowing that you know there are definitely women out there who have a coaching business who are looking to start like a group coaching and the, like I would like you to give that structure so that it and how it works for you so that maybe it sparks an idea with some of the women listening yeah for sure so uh, one understanding who my target market is right who because like the early days, it was like, you want to be of service to everybody. So I had to get super crystal clear. And I didn't do this by myself. I hired somebody to help me. Um, who am I targeting? What are her specific needs? So once I got that super clear, how I structured it was, it had to feel good to me. I love to create content, but I don't, I want to know how that person is doing, how they're receiving the content. Mm. So Structuring my um, my group program, which I call a mastermind, um, I wanted to have the one-on-one contact with them. So what I actually do is I will take a handful. This is how it's run right now. It will probably change in, you know, two or three launches from now. Um, but I give one-on-one time with them. So the first four weeks, they were getting content. It was all of, you know, my system, my systematic approach. So right. I was teaching them. And then every other week after that, we were getting on the phone in groups of four. Hmm. So they would have a time slot of, you know, they would go and there was a spreadsheet. And they would, once they registered for the program, they were told, you know, um, put your name on the spreadsheet of this is the time slot that you're going to be in. And that's the only time you can show up to the calls every other week. And so they were getting four times, like four group coaching sessions. Got it. Okay. And how many people were there? Would there be total in this group? Um, I was taking 20. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you were showing up to five different, five different, uh, you know, group coaching calls, basically. Yeah, and gotcha. they were each getting 30 minutes. So that was 10-hour coaching time for me. Okay. Now, because I love coaching so much, that's okay for me right now. Right. Um, in the future, I'll probably switch that up a little bit, and there might just be a level for the content and then um, an up level to get that time with me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but what I'm enjoying right now is still pulling out um, their deepest desires and what's happening for them in that time, which allows me to create more content. So where I'm at in my business, I absolutely love um, the coaching aspect. Like I I'll, I could do that all day, every day. So this is super fun for me. But what I also noticed, um, I had huge resistance around it, which is um, for me, what I have found is when it's a desire, but I'm resisting it, that's exactly where I need to go. So mm. I had to plow through that. Um, with ease, leaning in, not as in hurting yourself, plowing through it. Right. <laughs> um, but the women on there, it was amazing because I thought, oh, they're not going to show up. You know, they're just going to dial in a little bit. But because of the investment level that I required them to show up, everybody showed up to every single call that they wow. were supposed to be on. And if they didn't, I would get an email of why they couldn't or um, is it possible? Like, can we make an exception or da, da, da. like they were showing up fully. And, wow. um, and I created that intimate relation with intimate relationship with them. And half of them uh, were upgrading into another program with me. Wow. Yes. Now, the whole structure of your programs are that you have these group coaching sessions. You you open them kind of a quarter at a time. So, you know, in Q1, you have, uh, you know, this particular session going on. So, like, let's say in February, somebody can't just jump into the program. That program is closed. They've already been set for that. And then you have those for each quarter, which I think is really brilliant because it, it gives a sense of, like, oh, I got to get in. Like, otherwise, it's closed. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you're doing your marketing to get these folks? Um, how, now you, that you know who your target market is, exactly what their pains are, exactly what their needs are, how, what practical strategies are you using that are working for you that are getting these women to come to you and to sign up? Yeah, so this is hilarious because before I thought, you know, my biggest mistake was thinking I was being of service to everybody. Um, and I can be serving people in a, you know, they can hear my story and resonate with some of my story, but um, it wasn't a benefit of me when I've, you know, I've done groups before and I was uh, trying to attract everybody and it wasn't a benefit because the women in the group, um, you know, were coming from different aspects. So it wasn't cohesive. So it wasn't actually being of service. So affiliates are huge. Um, and because I do have such a niche, a lot of people, you know, whether they're working with women, but I'm, I'm typically working with women who are struggling with the relationship with their child. Got it. And that is who they, you know, they're like, okay, their biggest pain is their child, the relationship with their child, supporting their child's emotional needs. And that's why the women come to me. The deeper issue is, yes, there's emotional stuff. There's, I have a desire too, but I can't focus on that. My business is suffering because my energy is going to more towards my kid, all of that stuff. Um, affiliates have been huge. Um, I do a lot of, um, things like this, interviews. Um, I'm starting my own podcast, which is called Mom is in Control, um, because I do like to talk a lot. So this is always fun <laughs> and connecting with other people. Um, but I would say just connecting with other like-minded people. The funny thing is I, I've i reached out to people in person and where I live, because um, right now I'm not really doing a lot of traveling because my kids are small and I'll probably be, if I want to go anywhere, I'll be bringing them with me if I'm um, doing a lot of traveling, mm -hmm. but I've tried to connect with other 
mom groups or things like that. And I've noticed that it's it's a special type of woman that I'm attracting. And a lot of times she doesn't feel like she can fit into groups like mom oh, groups or things like that. So on, online has been very successful for me. So um, yeah, affiliates. And I'm always sharing. I'm trying to always go deep into my my story and pull back the curtains because I understand that, you know, you can get on my newsletter and she, see my nice shiny header or um, – it's funny because on my website, I'm actually wearing a wig. Like I was bald. That's really, uh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that because I, I didn't know exactly when all that stuff, all the pictures and stuff, had taken place. Yeah, because the pictures on my website, I was in like a group um, coaching thing right before that happened, and part of the package was um, you. It was a branding thing, and so you got like um, some time with uh, a web designer. Mm -hmm. And so right after treatment, I was like, okay, I got to take pictures because I hated the ones that were before, but I knew (laughs) they wouldn't be there long term. Right. So um, yeah, so that's a wig and I don't like it and my website will be changing, but that's besides the point because your website is not who you are. Right. Um, and you just got to keep moving forward. So for me, my big thing is speaking my truth and speaking my voice and understanding that, um, what I know or my journey, somebody else can connect with. So I try to, um, I do a lot of Facebook ads, especially when I have a launch. I'll do a lot of webinars, um, just giving a lot of free information and free content and starting connection with people. Right. It's really, really important. And because of my target, I mean, I've looked at other businesses, um, you know, and they're every, you got to do what feels good to you. And for me, it's, it's about the story. It's about the story and connecting and and showing women that you're not alone, um, and that you can have a business that thrives. Um, and it, sometimes it's just like stop opening your inbox, right? Like unsubscribe, <laughs> unsubscribe from all the newsletters, yeah. and spend some silent time with yourself and say, "What am I resisting? What do I really want in my business?" And what do I need to do to get there? And when you get that answer of what do I need to do? And you're looking at it and you're like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that. That's what you got to do. That's exactly where you got to go. And if you feel you can't do that, you need to ask for help. Because Mm. um, at the end of the day, you know, you have this great desire and struggling and staying in that place is so way worse than what happens on the other side. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I want to conclude our conversation by asking you in what... You know, one of the the things that I feel in this conversation is that you're just very peaceful. And I and obviously, you know, I think a lot of that came from the cancer experience. How how do you stay driven and moving forward and visionary and, you know, really kind of pushing forward with your business while maintaining your health and while maintaining sort of your sense of peace and calm? Because what I don't hear from you is like this, like, oh, got to keep moving forward, got to keep moving forward, which a lot of business women have. So how how do you do that? What what are the real things that you do maybe practice-wise, um, maybe sort of mentality-wise? How do you continue moving forward, pushing your business forward while staying peaceful? So I love this question because I was that person before cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I used to run girls camps. I used to be this ambitious, like I felt like I was running out of time, right? I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. I can do anything. And I was go, 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 go. Um, and I remember people telling me like, slow down, stop. And I'd be like, screw you. I'm ambitious. Like you, 
<laughs> don't tell me what to do. Like, you're just the, you're just jealous. Like, that was my mentality. Yeah. And regardless now I'm like what has shifted because I I'm like now I feel like I have all the time in the world but I will get those days where I'll wake up and you know my fear will creep in and go money (laughs) or oh this or that and um so for example to be completely transparent the last few days um like my abdomen is bloated it's swollen like not probably I'm gonna start my period or something like that like nothing crazy And so my little fear is coming in of like, what if, what if, what if, right? So meditation is my best friend. I use apps on my phone. You can use, um, there's Headspace, which is a good one, or Stop, Think, and Breathe. Um, And I become extremely, I teach mindfulness. So I'm extremely mindful of my thoughts, um, my words, and my energy. So when I'm feeling very anxious or my energy is very anxious, like I got to go, oh, this, 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 I know I'm not productive and that's not being of service. So I just calm right down. I will do a meditation first. I always tell my folks, stop what you're doing. Feel what you're feeling fully. So feel the energy just rushing through your body. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, what is the next action that I can take that's life enhancing, getting me to my goal. So every time, especially when I'm working, the great thing is when you're a coach and you practice what you preach, um, clients are your greatest teachers, right? Right, So when I'm working with people, you know, they come in, they're all anxious, worried, nervous, whatever. And I'm like, stop. What is it that you want? So we get a clear action plan. How do you want to feel every day? How do you want to show up? How do you want to feel in your business or your work? How do you want to feel when you're talking to your children? How do you want to feel when you go to bed at night? How do you want to feel in your partnership, your relationships? So once you have a clear action plan of like, this is exactly what I want, and maybe that will change over time, but right now, this is what I want. Then when you're living your everyday action steps or action, when you're just living every day mm-hmm. and you feel out of alignment with that, you could say, oh, I got to stop. I got to kind of course correct. So I think that's why... You probably, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm peaceful, but that's probably why you're getting that that vibe because it's like, even though I have ten shiny objects, it's not where I want to go right now. So I just don't give it any energy. I love that, love, love, love that answer, and I think that that's something that can speak to so many, many women who are listening right now. So. Heather, I want to thank you so much for being so open and for sharing your story and for going to, uh, you know, giving us a little bit of the how-to of how your business works. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And I I just want to add that I remember being terrified when I started my business and not telling anybody. And um, if you have a desire, you have to go after it because what you resist will persist and grow bigger. So what I told Heather kind of after we finished the interview was that that whole idea that she was just talking about, about, uh, you know, really shifting into this place of moving forward, but, you know, you can still be ambitious and be peaceful at the same time. I told her before I got pregnant, I was the one who was very anxious all the time, super stressed, never enough time, way too many things on my plate. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. Uh, And as soon as I got pregnant, I just naturally shifted into 
uh, you know, what's the bigger priority? And all of a sudden, it's okay if I have five things I have not done and I don't need to stay up until 3 a.m. to do them. (laughs) Um, And it just was another shift of focus. It forced me to focus on the most important things. And what I told her is that I suspect at this moment, as I'm seven months pregnant, you will be hearing this when I have had my baby already, but I suspect that as soon as my little girl is born, that I will have another wave of that coming along, which is, okay, I sure as heck aren't getting as many things done as I did even when I was pregnant. And now what are the major focuses? So, And Heather said, um, you know, really so many women when they're pregnant and definitely when they have their babies, when they have their kids are very productive, like their businesses totally flourish. So, you know, just a really cool lesson on how how you can really have the best of all worlds that you want. That's really what I got out of her. Like you want, you structure your life, you structure your business according to what you want to feel and how much happiness you want there to be. And that's how you structure your days. And I just got so much out of that. And then the practical parts of actually how to structure a mastermind. I really, really enjoyed that information. So hope you got something really great out of this. I would, of course, love, love to hear what really resonated for you. Um, And you can let me know by going on our Facebook page, uh, Biz Women Rock. Go on our Facebook page and, you know, go tag me. Go tag Biz Women Rock and um, let me know what you got. Love to hear it. All right. I hope you have a phenomenal day. I'll see you on the next episode. 